0: Hi, this is George Denholm,
1: and this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship.
0: We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior.
1: For this episode, uh, we welcome back Julie Dietrich, who is our co-host from time to time, as we discuss preparing for Christmas. So, Julie, to get us started off, can you just kind of tell us, how was your Thanksgiving
2: all right, so um, our Thanksgiving was a little different this year because as we have grown kids who they have families, extended families, so they were both off at their their in law other houses. So we were quietly deciding what to do at home, and then out of the blue, my cousin invites us to their Thanksgiving. And you know what? We spent Thanksgiving with family, but a different tribe of family, if you will, and had so much fun eating, playing cards. But it was really sweet that she just, you know, decided to ask us, and it was a great model for always seeking out who doesn't have Thanksgiving to spend and who can we bless maybe in the future. How, George, how was your Thanksgiving?
0: Well, ours was a little different too, Julie. You know, we're kind of like you are with our kids now being married. You know, they have in-laws in different states, and so they go, pick the travel schedule and you know one year here one year there so none of the kids that are out of state Jordy or Kira were coming back and so we were we normally do Thanksgiving in our house and I put the turkey in the smoker and and Rachel makes all kinds of pies and stuff but we're doing a little remodeling in our house and so we couldn't do all that at our house so we went up to Andy's and and uh we didn't smoke a turkey but we bought a pre-smoked turkey so it was a little disappointing that way they did okay, but not as well as I do. Mm-hmm. Not not bragging, but like there's something about a fresh smoked turkey that's better than a store bought one. So
2: there's always next year, George.
0: There is something else to look forward to, Dustin.
1: What about you? Uh, yeah, ours was you know, a little bit different. So that um, the week of Thanksgiving, one of our former foster sons had a birthday, and so we were able to ha- able to have him over with his brothers and some um, some other family, and just be able to come together and celebrate his birthday and then you know on Thursday we kind of had the normal Thanksgiving lunch supper kind of in between there and so um so yeah it was good like I, I think I've said before I'm not a huge just traditional Thanksgiving food person so um so it was it was okay you know it's, I know some people they they love all that all that stuff but for me it's yeah not not my favorite but but it's okay so it, it was good though it was good nice Nice time to just relax, and enjoy time with friends and family.
0: So then what always comes after Thanksgiving is Black Friday and then Cyber Monday. Did you get all your shopping done, Julie? No. Did you do any of
2: it? I have like two gifts purchased and with a big list in my head, so I got a lot of work to do. All right. Dustin,
0: if- do you do the shopping the Thanksgiving shopping thing?
1: Online sometimes, just depends on, on the deals. But yeah, I was able to get a, a few Few of the gifts taken care of for sure, but I, I was never that person that you know. Whether it, some, it turned into even like Thanksgiving night. A lot of times they would have deals and stuff where open at like six o'clock. I'm never that person that wanted to go stand in line just I'm to get you. a good I'm deal. Like you. even no matter how good the deal was, I was like, yeah. I'm not going to stand in line forever for that.
2: Yeah. I feel like George wants to say something. Did you get well, a good deal? No, 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 no. Okay. I,
0: I, I've never done that. You know, one of those things like a lot of those deals are just come-ons, so and they've only got a few of them. But it's just crazy. I mean that that that's probably one of the things that distresses me the most about that holiday is everyone's just thinking about I'm going to go shopping mm-hmm. the next day mm-hmm. rather than really being thankful, you know. And that kind of gets into our topic for today, because as we're talking about preparing for Christmas, how much of preparing for Christmas is just shopping, mm. you know? And how much time do we spend shopping? How much money do we spend shopping? when some of the gifts that we give are just wrapped and never you unwrapped and then never used you know you kind of think about kids they get these big piles of gifts and then they play with the box (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you know i guess that's that's the the best part no it it is the best part so like i should you should just go to the packing store and buy three or four boxes and let your kids just make box for it
1: to that point we um we had we would start wrapping some gifts for this christmas and you know the wrapping paper tubes or whatever mm-hmm. um, were like laying out, and so we had some of our former uh, foster kids over, and so they were just they gravitated right to those. They're like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like you know, it was like a sword or whatever, yeah,
0: definitely. Sword and um,
1: just you know, it was just cardboard. And then, but they were they were pumped about it. So yeah, to your point, it's kind of cool just to see that.
0: I thought you were going to say that you and Sarah got into a sword fight while you were <laughs> wrapping gifts.
2: Well, we we just had had an area rug made, and it was rolled up with a big really really nice tube durable and now Noah and Oliver have been using that as a track for their cars to scooch them through you know so we've kept it because it's going to probably be multiple things by the time it's seen its wear and tear
0: yeah well and that that, that's simple things are sometimes just as exciting for mm-hmm. kids as these complex things i just know like our grandson a couple of years ago there was just this one toy that he wanted so so badly just talked about it all the time asked about all the time well he opened it and it was like that they play with it one day and then it sat there mm-hmm. you know so uh, i i think that goes back to our whole thing that things always look better you know, but when we get it, it doesn't bring happiness.
2: Right. I remember as a kid, I wanted a light bright so badly. And my cousin wanted one too. And on, we always opened up like one gift before our new or Christmas Eve service. And I had opened up the light bright and I was going to go to church and tell my cousin Susan that I got the light bright. And I told her and she just like dismissed it like it was no big deal. And then it was like, no big deal. Like, I wanted this so badly, and then she wasn't excited, so then I wasn't excited. And you're right, George. It was just, it wasn't worth all the hype.
0: So let's just transition into our topic then. Other preparations for Christmas. Have you done lights or decorations on your house? Either of you, Dustin, Julie?
2: I'm going to be honest. I still have my fall wreath on my door, (laughs) and there's still a few fall decorations up. So I've got to do that this week. So I'm way behind the eight ball is Dustin you've got your house all decked out
1: no, no 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 we have we we were able to put up our our Christmas tree again when when we um had the kids over and so they were able to participate in that put some ornaments and stuff up but that's a yeah we don't we don't really do a whole lot like I said we're pretty simple like we don't put the lights out in front or outside or anything we just have our Christmas tree with mm-hmm. some lights and ornaments and that's that's about it we'll maybe put some stockings or something up but yeah it's pretty minimal for us so
0: yeah well that's where when our kids were home i used to do a lot more with the lights outside and you know for a while it was great when the kids got junior high high school and they could get up on the roof with me and hang the lights it's not like so exciting now when you got to do it yourself and you never know what weekend you're going to be able to do it because it could be you know november december it could be 70 outside or it could be minus 20 yeah i think
2: though you're right about having kids at home when you don't have kids at home it doesn't seem quite as pressing like maggie and nick they already have you know they've had theirs up for a long time and lights outside and the whole thing where we our our trees sitting in the bag on the floor in the living room we just haven't opened it up yet but the urgency is not there but we'll get it done
0: well, Rachel did start decorating inside, and she loves Christmas, so she's decorating inside. But we still have a ton of boxes open and decorations mm-hmm. in a various state of being set up or or replaced because we have we have seasonal coffee mugs. So the Halloween ones are going away, and the think, <laughs> Christmas ones are coming out. Anyhow, so let's let's think about maybe like. More spiritual things. What have you, have you? Do you guys do anything to prepare for Christmas? I know that there are several kinds of Advent things. A lot of families have the Advent wreaths at home that they do. Um, Advent calendars. You know, some of it's Christmas countdowns instead of Advent mm-hmm. calendars. Um, maybe we would probably back up for all the people that maybe are not in as into the liturgical years to talk about what Advent is. So Advent uh, in in our in our historical church year are the weeks that are preparing for jesus to come so the word advent means to come so we're waiting for jesus to come and for many people that's a time of preparation now it's become that time of putting up the decorations Mm -hmm. buying the gifts but for a lot of folks at one time it was kind of the same thing as a lent thing before easter Kind of purging away some of the things in their life, uh, reflecting on uh, what god 's done for them, um, thinking about uh, what they need to do in response to that, so in terms of those kind of things, uh, Julie, do you guys have some routines, and maybe maybe you had to share what you did back when your kids were with you? yeah,
2: I mean, I remember when we when the kids were little, there was an advent calendar, there was that you know expectation, even in the classroom, I remember having our advent candles you know, in that I forget what each candle is called, the peace candle, the joy. I, I don't remember all the names, but there were rituals and more routines and now empty nester that kind of fades away a little bit. So as we're talking, I'm thinking, what is it that, that kind of guides me back to that, that place where to be reflective. And I really have appreciated the Advent devotionals that have been coming through via text because at 6:30 every morning it arrives right there i feel the vibration on my phone and i know it's there and i can open that up and so i I appreciate the that redirecting my mind every morning to to dig into those devotions that are written by members of saint peter's which is really cool of all ages well let's back up
0: a little bit dustin why don't you tell us a little bit about the advent devotions
1: yeah if you if you're listening you're not exactly sure what what julie's talking about um we have put together an Advent devotional here at St. Peter's, uh, connected to our sermon series, um, "The Dysfunctional Family Christmas." And so we um, there's there's 25 devotions, one each day um, leading up to Christmas, and um, we had a St. Peter's member um, write each one. So there's 25 different authors, if you will, of, of each of those devotionals. And what's cool about that is different age range. You know, we have. Um, some high school students, up to somebody who's retired. Um, so it's kind of cool to just get those different perspectives mm-hmm. from from our St. Peter's members writing those devotionals. And so, um, if you would still like, if you're hearing this and you're like, "Oh, that sounds really cool," I'd like to get one. We have hard copies that you can pick up um, um, in the church lobby, or you know, at the front desk by uh, Miss Molly. Or if you want to get them, as Julie was mentioning, to your phone, um, you can text. The word Advent, so all caps A D V E N T, and you would text that word to eight one two seven seven five two three zero zero, so eight one two seven seven five two three hundred, and then um, yeah, you would get those. I think yeah, it's like six thirty or seven mm-hmm. in the morning each day, and um, so yeah, you wouldn't get the ones obviously that have happened already, but you'd be able to to finish out the, the Advent season with those.
0: Yeah, so an interesting thing, I was just thinking as you were explaining that, uh, as our adult discipleship team was thinking through this idea of having a devotional book, we started brainstorming. And originally, each one of our pastors was going to write one of the devotions in there. But we had such a great response from the people that we asked from the congregation that our pastor said, well, let them write it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like, I think, Dustin, there was nobody that I asked that said no.
1: I believe so. Yeah, I think everybody, everybody said was, yes. Yeah,
0: everybody was excited about, hey, yeah, I'd love to do that. We gave them a little prompt to, to work with. We gave them a verse to start with. But then most of them just went crazy and just went off. Not crazy. That's bad <laughs> example. They, <laughs> they just had at it, and they used all their creativity and came up with just a variety yeah. of Yeah,
2: and I love it that their name is on it as author. And now when I see them, I can make note of that to them how much i appreciated that they did that but also just another way to relate to saint peter's family members do you know hey i read your devotion thank you so much and um just gives us another way to connect with our people
1: yeah and what's kind of cool is i believe this is pastor adam's idea but um, what's cool about it is it's each each day it's based off of somebody in jesus genealogy and so you kind of get a little bit more information you know, as you're reading through the genealogy, sometimes we can skip over names or things mm-hmm. like that pretty easily. Um, but it just kind of gives a little bit more um, more background on them, if you will. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool thing.
0: Yeah, even some of the weirder ones, like the, the in-between kings that you don't always hear about. And I was I was amazed. I was, I've read through, through several of them, both in the, the proofreading and since then. You know, our kids are very creative, and they've got a depth of knowledge. I've just been impressed by uh, those young adults and, and even uh, high school, grade school. Do we? I think we had a couple of grade school kids, didn't we? Maybe it was high school kids. But even those young uh, young adults and teens were able to write with such depth and interest, you know.
2: Right, so. or tap, a way to tap into their talent and maybe just a start of something that might launch them into the future, right?
1: so george do you have you know we talked about julie because um we've done advent calendar in our home in, in the past and i'll be honest this year we're not really doing anything And i i think it just kind of got away from us as part of it is it's hard to believe we're already you know mm-hmm. middle december and um yeah, just busy time, but like other things, whether it's now or like you said, when the kids were in the home that you do during the Advent season?
0: I guess we have less now. Again, there's a lot of things that change as your kids get older and, they, you know, uh, what we wanted to do during Advent when our kids were there. We always had an Advent devotional. We weren't as faithful during the regular year as we should have been. Uh, But Advent was one of those times when we could really kind of say, Hey, we're going to do this because then we use the Advent wreath. And Julie, you mentioned the Advent wreath and over the years, you know, different people have experienced different things. Normally the Advent wreath has for many people, three purple and one pink candle. Mm -hmm. But uh, lately we've gone back to a more traditional one. This is what we've got in our sanctuary, three blue and a more of a rose, a darker red color. Well, uh, that That is actually the more traditional color, the blue mm. and the red, where a lot of people have gotten used to that that purple and pink. And it's not a huge big deal about what colors they are. You know, the purple is kind of that color of royalty, thinking about the king that's coming. A blue is kind of a color of anticipation or or of or of heaven. You know, so you can kind of think about all those things about Jesus. Uh, that pink one is a special one that's the third sunday and everyone goes well that's not the first one or the last one it's it's kind of interesting that the church here set up that that's the fourth one that's the sunday of joy Mm. uh, or the week of joy and so that kind of it's a little bit different in the middle of the preparations maybe it's a little more somber as you're preparing but like there's a time of joy and there's a couple different things so there's love joy hope and peace but there's also then the prophecy candle the shepherd's candle the angel's candle and uh uh, I'm going to forget the <laughs> you last tell one. us. Shepherd, angel, yeah. And But, you know, uh, we, we had those devotions mm-hmm. that we would read with it that would, you know, like, focus on a week. And so kind of like we did with the dysfunctional family, focus, uh, you know, so if, on a week with the shepherds. It would bring a bunch of the stories during the week about all the shepherds. Or it would talk about the prophecy candle. Or it would talk about the prophecies that led up Jesus. And I think it's just one of those tools for parents to really kind of bring in the the whole story of Jesus coming to Earth and the fact that the Bible talks about Jesus coming hundreds and thousands of years before he mm-hmm. shows up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, that that thing with the candles, we've done the you know the Advent uh, calendar where you open up one door and you read the verse. We also had a, a, a display with with a manger and you would add the different parts each time. You know, this the animal would hang up here. Mm. Uh, I know that we never did it, but there's other people that would set up their manger and G, baby Jesus would not go into the mm. to the, the, the little uh, manger. Uh, you'd have the scene with all the animals and Mary and Joseph, but Jesus wouldn't go there till Christmas. And then there, we had another family that we knew of that they had the wise men, that at, after Christmas, they moved the wise men closer. And so that mm. on Epiphany, January 6th, then that wise man would be at the, at the, so it's, I think those are the kind of things that make it more creative, fun for kids to explore.
2: Yeah. Our our nativity is the one thing that I love getting out of the box. The one thing I look forward to, it's just a little wooden, it closes up and it has a little clasp and the kids can open it and you don't have to worry about it being broken. And um, they just love to set it up and reset it up and add their own little dinosaurs and whatever else to the nativity. But that's the one thing I look forward to getting out of the box. Yeah. What about you? Anything that you look forward to getting out?
0: I was just thinking about all the nativities. Rachel's mom is a nativity fanatic. It started early on in her. in her her life where she started collecting a couple, but then as her kids got older and went on various trips, it was was a contest to see who could come up with the most creative Mm -hmm. nativity set and bring it out there. And we've had a couple of those that, you know, she bought one for herself and she liked it so much she bought one for us. But we've also had some other friends. We had one friend that was a woodworker at our past church in Illinois, and his thing was to take the basic— I don't know if you've seen the wood ones where they're kind of a 3D. You you open it up and it makes kind of a cave or you can reverse it. He tried to do a different format of that every year. So we got three or four of those. That kind of, you know, setting up those nativity scenes helps you to realize it's not just about the green Mm -hmm. and the red and about the the tinsel or the the fake snow. But it is about Jesus.
1: So to kind of transition a little bit here you know george you kind of talked about earlier of it can be very easy to kind of get caught up in the other things of like just because i don't know about you guys but like this is just this year especially for whatever is just extremely busy um in our lives and so it's easy to get caught up in all the distractions where we're drawn away from what the focus should be so because of all those distractions, because of all the business and everything on going on, is there anything that you w- and this is for both of you that you would encourage people like how to make sure we do remain, you know, thinking about mm-hmm. okay, focusing on Jesus and that's that's why we're celebrating. That's that's why we have this this time of year versus getting caught up in all the distractions whether it's shopping or getting things ready. Not that those things are bad in and of themselves, but that they sometimes can take our focus away,
0: well, I can make a pitch right here for our Wednesday night services, you know during the regular school year, church year, uh, Wednesday night is an extension of our weekend services, but we 're specifically focusing during Lent to make that a different service, and so uh, you know I, I remember growing up and complaining about you know this is the time of year we go to church too many times. But there is something about taking an extra night mm. and saying, this is God's night. We're going to come here so that we can keep focused on that. You know, in the midst of everything, you, you know, you've got to pause, get into church, get yourself in that mode. And then, you, you know, you again, you're, you're singing, you're celebrating with God's people. It just kind of brings your focus back to the right thing.
2: And I think also just being prayerful during this time and just even if it's just a quick little whisper prayer, just, you know, ground me today that I'm not, you know, thinking in all different directions, but I'm focusing on what I should be. And that's you, Jesus, at this time of year and just to not let all the hubbub get in the way. So I think just being really solid in your prayer life and it doesn't have to be anything long and laborious, just, you know, just a little quick prayer, I think quickly can ground us.
0: Julie, you said something earlier about how you were blessed by people mm. inviting you to Thanksgiving. But I think that you maybe hinted to the fact that maybe you guys include other people in your Thanksgivings.
2: Well, we have before through the years. We've invited people that we know maybe can't make it home, um, friends of ours. But um, I I think it it prompts me to think a little bit bigger. You know, we've been we've been kind of challenged by our pastors and sermons to get out of our comfort zone and think about who's that one, who's that one. And so, you know, could it be that somebody doesn't have any place to go at Christmas time coming up? Who is that person that maybe doesn't have that place to go and just to pour into them and invest in that person? I know Christmas is all about family, all about friends, but some people don't have that. So Maybe that this is a time to be prayerful about that. Who is the one that we can show a little Christmas love to and not just the presents and not just the food, but just pour into them, you know, as Jesus would. I don't have anybody in mind. But it it, paused, it caused yeah. me to pause and think.
0: Well, and, and there again, if you're spending some time in prayer and, and looking around, that God might prompt you to that one person that needs an invite or an extra encouragement. I'm, I'm reminded of what some people, and I think my daughter is doing a, a version of this, but before Christmas, it's to have kids go through all their toys. You mm. know, And every, every toy you ask Santa Claus for, you've got to get rid of one of your old toys mm. and we're going to take it to the fireman's cheer fun or we're going to take it somewhere else so that somebody else that's not as blessed as you can be blessed by that i think there again that keeps your focus on giving not receiving
1: yeah Yeah, and that's a great point i think there's so many opportunities to find ways to to give or serve during the the christmas season i mean um so yeah finding those i think helps can help focus too right of like okay yeah this is what it's really about of you know um Focusing on Jesus and that a response to his love. I want to help help people. I want to serve people. And yeah, I just think there's so many, so many opportunities to be able to do that. And I know everything else is busy, so sometimes like it almost seems like adding one more thing, but um it's definitely worth it to be able to to fit that in and find a way to to bless people in some way. Because again, so we seek to bless people, when we talk about our blessing others of our five by two. What I've found is when you seek to do that, you end up being blessed way more through that. God grows you and um, encourages you through that. That I think sometimes you end up being more blessed than the person you're trying to bless. So,
2: George, you were talking about you know for every toy you have, are asking for you have to get rid of. Our, our kids have so much; they have so much stuff. And I've almost gone to the point to the point of: Do they need something, or can we? Do they? Can I buy an experience for them instead? So I've kind of gone to that. Yeah, I'll get them a little something, but what experience can we plan for them? Like example, last Christmas I think it was, we we gave Oliver a trip to Dinosaur World. So we drove down there in the summer. It was six months later, but we had that to look forward to and anticipate, and made a day of it. And um, you know, I couldn't wrap it up. Well, actually, I did. I made a little certificate and told you know, but to him, he didn't know what that meant. But I, I, I don't know do we need stuff or do we need to relate to our family and friends in new ways that could be an experience instead? Do you guys do that?
0: Well, we've stopped giving gifts years ago with our kids when they got older and just spending more money on having some special holiday foods mm-hmm. and doing that kind of a celebration and just spending the time together. Um, I was reminded earlier uh, about during COVID, and for all the horrible things that happened in COVID, when we had COVID Christmas – Um, We did a family worship service Mm -hmm. and my kids still talk about how impactful it was that each person I I set it up so each person had a role. You know, Gavin was just starting to read, but he could read the Christmas story. That's you cool. know, and so it was it was pretty emotional because it was your family gathered around that story. You know, I know a lot of people love the beauty of the, you know, the candles in church and the and the organ or the or the, the instrumentalist playing all those favorite Christmas tunes. But, you know, it, when it comes down to your family and you can just see that mm-hmm. that Jesus is a part of the of your family and is the son of the family. There's just something real emotional yeah. about that, too.
2: It makes me think of the candles at Silent Night. You know, when everybody lights a candle in church and it's just that beautiful sight. But just to look around and see all the little ones, even with the candle, that's pretty special. Dustin, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say, yeah, I'm I'm not big on receiving gifts. So I think I, there's like the five mm-hmm. love languages and receiving gifts. Even though there's five, it's not in my top five, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't, you know, in in terms of giving gifts, I like giving gifts, but it's more when it's, something just comes up and I'm like, Oh, this is be great. Or, you know, they really need this or could use this. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I don't like the, the pressure of like, mm-hmm. this is, you have to buy something now, like, yeah. you know, for Christmas or yeah. birthday, or whatever you have to buy something. Um, because it's kind of same thing as like, I don't want to, you talked about this earlier, George, I don't want to buy something that they're going to look at, maybe use for a day. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, never gets used again. Right. Like, um, just don't feel like that's just being a good steward of the, of the money that, that we're blessed with. So. Um, For me, it's like I I enjoy giving gifts when it's kind of just this impromptu of like, oh, here's a way I can bless this person. When it's un- more unexpected, I yeah, guess, than yeah. it, like if they expected, like, "Oh, here you go." This is expected of me to to give you a gift. Not that not that there's anything bad about that, but for me, it's just I don't know if it's the added pressure of like I've got to think of something versus like something just comes to mind that makes me think of a certain mm-hmm. person to be able to bless them with a gift. So, um, but yeah, I don't like receiving gifts though.
0: So. Well, and we've gotten out of the habit, but with Rachel's siblings and the spouses. Uh, we were forever drawing each other's names. Well, if you draw that name at Christmas for next year, you have all year long to oh, think about that person idea. and how to personalize yeah. it. And then you only, you're only looking for one gift for, for you know, but it can be very personalized. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a vacation, you see something cool that they would love. Or, you know, if you, you run across something in a store that, oh, that is them. Mm-hmm. What happens, I think we, we just make this list. And then it, starting with Black Friday, you know, we go out there. And we're just trying to fill the list. But if we had all year just to kind of think about what really is about mm-hmm. that person. You know, so Dustin, you, you know, just a general gift. But if I would come up with something, it would really be you you know i, I buy it in, in february and stick it away till christmas then you would say oh yeah this is you thought about me you know so it becomes more than just a handing a gift but actually something that's personal it really comes into that
2: the-
1: i'd be interested <laughs> to see what that gift would be from you george to me i we'll have to we'll have to try that out and see what yeah. happens <laughs> I, well, i'm gonna
0: have to start looking now for next year because i didn't do it yet
2: <laughs> and i was gonna ask where do you put it so you remember that you have it I,
0: I would put it right in back of Dustin's office where I hid the other thing. He never found it. Uh, anyhow, I think our time is running up. And so uh, as we wrap up today, uh, just a reminder that, you know, uh, the five by two discipleship, uh, I, I keep saying items, uh, the, the the five by two disciplines to, to uh, practice growing in your faith. And this is where I'm going to back up. I'm going to re-say this and Joe's going to re-edit this out as we wrap this up you can practice the five by two all right these are the people that I love as we come into the Christmas season this is a great time to practice our five by two disciplines julie mentioned earlier the time of personal prayer we've talked about those special worship services Um, reading those devotions and digging into god's word talking about it meaningful conversations with your family and friends and then blessing others you know what do we have that we can share with others this is a great time to practice those disciplines and grow in your faith and share the gospel we've got a great message the message that jesus came and became one of us for our sins what a great message a great time to share it Dustin, any other thoughts?
1: Nothing. there 's a great wrap up. Other than I would just say I encourage you if you haven't yet pick up one of those uh, Advent devotionals or text that number and text the word Advent to that number. And what was um, the number again? The number was eight one two seven seven five two three zero zero. That way you can receive it right to your phone um, each day. I just strongly encourage you for that. So um, other than that, Julie, thank you again for. For co-hosting with us, once again, we greatly appreciate you taking the time. And to our listeners, um, thank you for continuing to tune in, and uh, we look forward to continuing these 5 by 2 discussions.
0: Now, go out and serve God and others. And let me try that again. Now, go out and serve God and others. And one more time, with O laughing in the background. (laughs) Go out and serve God and others. (laughs) Go out and serve God and others.
1: I think we got it that time. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wouldn't have...